Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, the offseason is officially here, Tate. It's time for... God knows what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the best time, right? We did not it have is. an off season last year. You and I, we scrambled. We spent an entire year trying to make sure you, the friends of the program, were engaged in college basketball. So just when we came back, you would care. Again, we thank you for caring. We appreciate you for being a part of this journey. But now we have an off season, which means we get to have fun again, Titus. Oh my God. Is, uh... It is so it means like you're yeah, it, I love the off season. Boy, do Me I love too. the offseason. It's the best. You, you just let it rip. <laughs> As you said, it's fun. It's more fun. It, it, it's there's lower stakes. There there aren't people coming at you like asking for picks, uh, which doesn't just happen in March Madness. It happens on, uh, you know, you got like degenerate gambling friends that are yeah. like, "Hey, who do you like in the MAC this week?" And I'm like, uh, "What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. do you mean?" And then you say like, "I don't know, Ohio's pretty good." And they're like, "But are they are they 14 and a half points better than Central Michigan?" And you're like, "What?" And you're who like, "That's not that? really how it works." <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not <laughs> And then if you tell them wrong and you're wrong, then they're like, you're an idiot, dude. How do you do this for a living? I'm like, Can yes. I, I can't stress enough. I don't do that for a living. I don't. And anyway, uh, the off season is not that <laughs> it's more fun for us. And uh, take, there's been a lot of stuff going on. We've been, we've been locked in obviously on March madness. Then we're locked in on doing the Duffies, which were yeah. uh, very controversial. People are saying mm-hmm. these are the most controversial Duffies of all time. And I, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah, um, I mean, we were there. We we can't say anything other bad. than we survived. Yeah, it was it was shocking in a lot of ways. But uh, um, but in that time, there's this whole other world that exists, which is uh, players, coaches, etc., making decisions, moving around. There's musical chairs being played. Players are transferring. Players are going to the NBA draft. Players are coming back. And in Daryl Morrisel's case, he's doing all of those things. (laughs) Yes, yes. He's doing whatever Uh, they will allow him to do. Yes. uh, Coaches are getting fired. Coaches are coming back. Coaches are signing lifetime contracts. Uh, There is a ton of stuff like that we got to talk about. And uh, I feel like today that's what we should do. We should just bounce around, do a hodgepodge, whatever is on your mind, let it out, and let's talk about it and do our best to cover all of it. Because, my God, there's I made a list tonight as I was getting ready for the show. Yes. <laughs> like, if we really wanted, this show could be, like, four hours, which, by the way, is an off-season tradition as well, which is, like, we sit down, we're like, yeah, this will be about 30 minutes, right? And then it ends up being four hours. That's, uh, that's, that's how you what, know it's off-season time. <laughs> and, that, and this is the first of many hodgepodge. Uh, and we are the inventors of the hodgepodge. Uh, if you see it anywhere else, uh, just know where you first saw, you first heard it, you first saw it, you first felt it. Uh, the Titus and Tate hodgepodge. I can't wait. Uh, a lot of people in the off-season, as we've seen in the NBA world, they put up workout videos. They do this like we're, mm. we're training the whole time. You and I, we're R&R, baby. We're going to rest. We're going to relax. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And we're going to have a hodgepodge. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to do all of it. But first, <laughs> Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul.
All right, what do we want to start with here, Tate? Because there is, as I said, we have coaches uh, fired. We have coaches hired. We have Brad Davison is back for a 12th year at Wisconsin. Uh, we have stars transferring. Mac McClung is probably going to Texas, as you believe. But, uh, you know, we, we, we're not entirely sure yet. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, we have – I saw today there are rule changes uh, being – um, um, proposed one, one pass the, the one-time transfer thing passed. That's a thing now, uh, that the guys can now transfer the, if you're, it's your first time transferring, you're eligible immediately, whether you're, you have graduated or not, which was not, you know, as we know, previously mm-hmm. the case, um, there's a lot of stuff, Tate, where do we want to start? Where do you yeah, want to start? I, yeah. Can I be selfish? Because I want to start in the portal because I do feel like this is the, uh, the, the season of the transfer portal. We had a Duffy, uh, where we discussed the transfer portal being a, a cult hero, a comeback, whatever you want to call it. Uh, transfer portal for me, the real, the real news, the real thing that I need your advice on is that, you know, North Carolina's in the portal. They're getting active, and uh, a name that was thrown out in my face, Brady Manick of Oklahoma. Wow. The uh, the Larry Bird lookalike, uh, that is apparently who North Carolina has talked to. I I see the picture now where he has the, the blue on that looks like Indiana State, but it's obviously Brady Manic. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I don't know what to take away from this, but I, I will say this. The fact that Brady Manic can play at North Carolina and be eligible and ready to go by next season just shows you that college basketball is changing. College basketball yeah. is different. And uh, it is a totally different pool. And uh, I know we like to test the waters, but these waters, they are different types of waters we, we, we have never seen before. The waters are wild. The transfer portal is is insane that, that the guys can play right away now um, is, is crazy. And it, it does fundamentally change the sport. I'm not stupid enough to tell you how it's definitely going to change the sport, which is like I, I see that people people seem to have like a preconceived notion of what uh, whether change in college basketball is good or bad. Bad. And yeah. then based on that general premise of of how you view the world <laughs> slash college basketball as a whole, you take something like the one-time transfer thing passing and you decide, well, th- this means that now it's going to change in this way and it's going to be so much worse or so much. And to that, I say, like, I don't really think we know yet. I don't think like because you, you, it, it, it could be. It, it could be easier to like like the 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 criticism I see coming out of uh, people that are worried about transfers being eligible right away is that now all the blue bloods are going to be even better because uh, if yeah. you have a guy like I mean the the best case scenario would probably be a guy like Steph Curry at Davidson after he goes on the run in 08, if Steph Curry could have just snapped his fingers and played at Duke or Carolina and not had to sit out he would have oh. and that and that sucks for Davidson right and that's what everyone says uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> but maybe, you know, maybe you can make an argument that that's good for the Davidsons of the world because, like, when you're recruiting a guy, you could say, you could, like, if, if you're smart, maybe you use your smaller school as the launching pad. Like, you're just straight mm-hmm. up honest about it. You're like, hey, listen, don't go to Kentucky right away and sit the bench. Come to our school for two years, kill it. Then you could go to, you know, like, you're almost like a one and done for bigger programs. You know what I mean? And yeah. if you're smart about it, you can cultivate certain level of talent that maybe you couldn't otherwise. I don't know. So there's always that. So I guess my point to the larger point, Tate, is we just don't know yet. And I think people that are getting ahead of themselves saying this is going to make college basketball so much worse. It's dead as we know it. Um, I mean, I guess in that regard, it kind of is dead as we know it. Like, just it's going to be different. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's going to be like like this is th- th- that we're going to look up and it's going to be the NBA. 
that the guys are just going to be free agents every offseason. I think this offseason is unique. I think having an extra year of eligibility, like a free year of eligibility paired with the free transfer, paired with the pandemic, like I think there's a lot of guys that uh, – Let's face it. Like I, I, I think that that factored into a lot for a lot of guys. Probably is like, spend. You, you know, you go on these recruiting visits. We talked about this off air all the time. That like guys are going on recruiting visits, uh, and and they're they're shown awesome. They they walk by the quad and there's just a bunch of people playing and having fun and and they they go see uh you know they 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 stay overnight with some of the guys on the team and then they go out to like a club and they get like that experience like whatever it is yeah, yeah. they're like oh my god college is so awesome and then they show up to college this year and they're like this is the dumbest shit ever i hate this yeah. um and then they almost blame it on the school i'm sure there are a handful of guys that transfer because they're like i was lied to my on my visit it was awesome and and they haven't really connected that covid kind of so my point is this year i feel like is unusual i don't think um, moving forward, guys are going to transfer all the time. And even if they do, I don't think it's the worst thing, dude, because I think it gives us content. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's great content, and it's great rumor mill. You know what I mean? When you talk about storylines and you talk about drama, these are the things that you and I get caught up in. Because, look, you just said uh, we don't want it to be the NBA, but it does seem like college basketball, as they've done in the past, you know, as is tradition, as we like to say, they're trying to take some things from the NBA, which is like – the, the the player movement aspect of it, the the gather step I see is a rule that they want to bring in. Uh six yeah. fouls is right. something. So right. like right. So we're 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 in a world where like college basketball slyly is trying to do under the radar turn into the NBA. Yes. And I yes. am going to put my hand up and say, please stop. Please you stop know, that. Th- like don't yeah, don't, yeah, don't don't do, do that. it. Like make changes cuz the changes are good or like you think it would help. Don't make changes cuz the NBA does it and we should make our sport look like the NBA because uh Because no. Woof. That's that's that, that, that's a that's a big <laughs> red flag for me and I, I yeah. see gather step and I immediately think, "Wow, uh, this is NBA all over it. Uh, this is a made-up idea that the NBA has done to cover their tracks. And college basketball doesn't need that because we call travels, we call carries. Uh, you know, these are these are things that we have an actual uh, prowess in and a belief in. And uh, talking about the transfer portal, though, when we talk about player movement and you talked about getting that bump up, I think Adam Miller is the perfect example of this. At Illinois, he goes there. He's a five-star recruit. He's supposed to be, you know, the next one. And he has to play a COVID season. Things don't end as, you know, Illini fans had hoped, obviously, with the title and Io DeSumo doing the Kobe pose. That doesn't happen in the actual NCAA tournament. Now he's a free man on the free market. And it looks like Kentucky is doing their damnedest to make sure that he comes yeah. there. And now they're getting a second wind with the five-star. And Calipari is able to kind of – to be honest with you, the, the one-and-done Calipari era is really over. It is, it the, is over, the, yeah. It is the yeah. transfer portal version of John Calipari that is going to try to win in this new world. And I think that's what we mean when it's a watershed moment where things are changing because now – Calipari cares about five stars on your team. He cares about yes. Walker Kellen Grady. Kellen Grady yeah. committed to Kentucky. Uh, Shubway in the in the middle of the season. Uh, so yes, from Kentucky. West Virginia. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is the Calipari world that we live in. Coach K will be there soon because we, are, as we know, he likes to follow what Cal does in this new world. So he'll be there next year, and that I think fundamentally changes the high school, you know, phenom. Right. This means that they're going to go. I think. To it, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think this is good. I, I, that, that's a great point because I, I, I'll be honest. Uh, I did not really flesh out my thoughts on all this. I thought it'd be more fun yeah. to like do it together. It's a hodgepodge. Talk it out. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, hearing you say that, I think 
this this in a weird way might help clean up like college basketball recruiting is going to be dirty until the end of time like we know that (laughs) there's no way of fully cleaning it up but maybe making it like less dirty or like less you know obviously corrupt less like maybe get it maybe get it down to a level where the fbi doesn't feel like they need to use their resources to like break this up they're like yeah "Eh, they're you know there's kind of money changing hands but who really cares instead of like Oh my God! This is like this. This feels like the mafia at work that we have to step in. As a, yeah, yeah. This, 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 <laughs> this is the five. Yeah, the yeah, five yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, maybe this can help recruiting dip a little in that regard. And that, uh, as you said, like, the, are the most coveted guys going to be the freshmen? Are the fresh? Are the are the the high school seniors now the most coveted guys on the market? I don't know if they are. I mean, they're still obviously very coveted. I mean, you know, like. And it's gonna it's gonna vary for 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 season to season, whatever you know. Like I'm sure, like the the, the top echelon guys, the the top five Evan or six Mobley's recruits in the country, the yeah, 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 yeah your Chet Holmgrens, those guys. Yeah. But like, you start getting down to like the teens and twenties. Would you rather have a guy who's, if I told you, the guy who's like 26th in his class coming into this year, or Mac McClung? Which one would you rather have? It's like Mac McClung, duh. I don't yeah. even need to see who the 26th guy. Like, are you crazy? I want Mac McClung. That's yeah. the guy I want. So why bother like trying to you know appease this kid who I don't even know if he can play at the collegiate like what he's going to look like. We've seen a lot of five stars bust at the collegiate level. I've not seen Mac McClung bust. That dude's great. I want him on my team. Yeah, I mean I haven't either. And I will say uh, at the end of the day, we're going to get a more NBA like stat. We we could have a player like you said, the twenty fourth ranked shooting guard in the country that John Calipari really likes that he's seen play a few times that he says I'm going to stash you. Over at you know LaSalle or right, at right. Lipscomb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like we're gonna have like basically draft and stash players that are in college basketball <laughs> yes. that know <laughs> that if they average twenty points per game, they can then make the bump to Carolina or Kentucky or to Duke or whomever, Kansas. And you know guys like Eric Musselman who have been doing this anyway. You know if you look at an Arkansas, uh, a guy who's already been in the transfer portal that knows how this world works and has been thriving at it. Those are the types of coaches, Chris Beard, for example, Brad Underwood, Mm -hmm. those types of coaches are going to thrive in this new world. So it's not even, you know, obviously it's great to be the blue blood, but it's, it's, it's a totally different, you know, it's the wild, wild west as as the the stupid person would say. And that's what I'll say, because I'm stupid and I don't understand what's happening. Uh, And I also am excited to see what it looks like because it's going to fundamentally change everything. I do know that because everyone has told me that. It's going to change. Nothing (laughs) will ever be the same. Just say, just, (laughs) I'm going to say that, by the way. (laughs) That's great. Anytime we go on like another show and Uh, someone asks us like, what what does the transfer portal mean? Just say like. It'll never be the same. (sighs) It'll never be the same. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. Drake, nothing, nothing was the same. This <laughs> is it was, was God's plan before. This is nothing was the but same. But I don't. I, yeah, like obviously it's not going to be the same. But is that for the worse, for the better? I, who knows? I, I, don't I don't know. Think, I don't think. I do not know. I I think change is inevitable in life, and you just kind of have to roll with it. And um, you know, I, I certainly players having agency. This to me, like, I'll say I'll say it this way. Like I've I've made this point a trillion times on this show that. Uh, I the the players being paid argument is nuanced in the sense that I think um, the system makes sense on paper. Like you look at you look at what college basketball is supposed to be on paper when the when the NCAA was started, and it all makes sense. It all checks out. You're taking high school sports, you're basically applying it to the college level. Um, where where this issue has 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 caused problems, where like the last 
10 to 15 years, there's really been a, a push to get players paid is that the, the coach's salary, they, they've gotten too greedy. The one, the guys at the top, when you're, if, if, if coach K was making $200,000, no one would, would give a damn that the Dukes players aren't getting paid. It's a like coach K is making $9 million and everyone's like, this is ridiculous, you know? Um, and in the same way, I feel that way about the transfers that I think on paper, the reason for players sitting out a year for transferring is not because you're just trying to handcuff players. Like so many people, you know, if you're, if you're against the transfer rule, that was your argument. You're like, this is, this is antiquated. You're just trying mm-hmm. to control these players. You're not trying, they, they weren't trying in the, in the, in the, in the beginning, they were not trying to control players. They were trying to, to look out for the players themselves. I mean, this is an argument you heard the coaches and administrators make all the time that like there, there's a, an adjustment period that has to happen. You're going from a completely different school to a, a whole new city, a whole new campus, a whole new program. Everything was different. And they wanted like a buffer to where the kids don't have too much pressure too soon and all that. And all of that, like I was on board with that argument, but then it does get to a point, Tate, where the coaches themselves are bouncing around left and right, using using job openings as leverage to sign extensions to then, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, Chris Beard, a guy who who was was committed to Texas Tech and Texas Tech fans were certain he wasn't going to go to Texas. The dude was UNLV's coach for like a day and a half, and then yeah. and then left it, you know, like. It's Brad Underwood goes to Oklahoma State for a cup of coffee, and then goes to Illinois. Like these guys just bounce around left and right. And when you see that, no, you can't. You can't like in in good faith and good conscience like say, well, the players should still sit out a year. So I think like we've reached a point where this has to happen. Um, whether it's going to be good or bad, I don't know, but it had to happen, and that's where we're at, and that's that's the only way forward. So anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a well said way to put it, and I also will say it had to happen because you can't have uh, freedom and then have guys locked down and then not have a real reason. I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty much what it is, and I think you know a lot of people asked or have asked us over the years, and I've always tried to come up with like a real genuine answer why there hasn't been change from the NCAA, and I think it's exactly what you mentioned at the top, which is we had by the by the bylaws from the from the origin it made sense. It checked out. So like yeah. there, there, and now to say that it has changed, which, you know, in the minds of the NCAA or the powers that be or whatever you want to say, they think that that admits that the entire system from the impetus was corrupt and wrong. And mm. they are too prideful to do that. So that like, now you got two things that are just like, you're wrong. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, no, we're not yeah. actually. Yeah. Well, actually we're not wrong. And, they're both just going to continue to butt heads. Uh, and this, regardless of that headbutting, something had to actually happen in reality because, like, this headbutting does nothing and something had to change. And uh, at yeah. least there's something. And I think that's what uh, everyone is kind of, you know, with the NIL is the same kind of mentality. It's like, look, we're not saying it's it's uh, obviously not perfect. It's obviously not the worst thing ever. Uh, but we also, like we got to do something. So like NIL rights, that, that seems like the best thing that we can do now that's actionable and uh, of an item. So do it. And if it works out that like kids aren't making millions of dollars off sponsorships, then maybe we all learn that this, this, this fake money of brand money that all these, you know, companies are promising these 18 year old kids isn't necessarily always there. And that's a lesson yeah. too. You yeah, know, but but, I mean, but you have to. You can't just say it's not there. We have to see for ourselves that it's not there. You exactly. Know? Like, let a, like exactly. open it up. Let them open it up. Out. We'll see what's there. And then we all learn a lesson. And then uh, and then if it is there, guess what? We learn an even bigger lesson, which is these schools aren't as impactful of brands as the talent itself. And then we go, yeah. hey, 
I guess the overtime league is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and then we pivot and we do an overtime league podcast. And that's, uh, and exactly. that's just what we do. That's, and that's the future. <laughs> yeah, change. <laughs> Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work too. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes... Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save today. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Oh man, there are the, the transfer portal's been wild though, but it has been fun to watch. Like it's fun to it's fun to just see update. I can't I can't keep my head on straight trying to keep track of all the guys yeah, that are in it, it's and, one of those things where we probably should do a transfer portal like specific podcast, but it's not going to be today. I don't I think I, I, yeah. I like I agree with you because we should in the sense that there's so much going on that we should try to like boil it down and make sense of everything. But I don't think there is like a this is one of the problems with the transfer portal is that and the system that we have now is that un, the, the NBA has the trade deadline where they have their craziness. But then we know it like and then the dust settles and now we yeah. can. And we can move forward, or the free agency period, and then the dust settles, and we can move forward. There is no like end date. It's not like on June first, everything's going to be settled, and we can move forward. It's like like this is a this is in flux at all times, and yeah. uh, so I don't I don't know how we're going to do that. Like I don't know how we're going to make sense of it because as soon as you make sense of it, someone else is going to throw their name in. You also have guys that are like putting their name in that are like like I, I brought up Daryl Morsel earlier, who's like I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm just going to throw my name in and. I'm throwing my name in the draft. I'm throwing my name in the G League. I'm going to throw my name overseas. I'm throwing. I'm just throwing. I'm just trying to get my name yeah. out there. If you guys want to help me in any yep. way, yep. I might come back to Maryland. I don't know. Uh, you have a lot of guys who are entering the portal and are straight up saying like it. I I would definitely consider coming back to the school I'm at already. I just want to see what my options are, and that makes it confusing. You know, like you're like what. So you're not even trans. What you just want, like, you want to get recruited again? You want to get the bag again? You want like someone to to, to drop off a, a a bag of money? See if see if someone will pay you money. Is that I mean, like I, it's crazy? Yeah, you and I both know this. Getting recruited is way more lucrative than being actually employed. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? So yeah. like that is uh that to me makes a lot of sense why these guys want to get re recruited. My favorite of all the transfer portal announcements is the fact that. Uh, Tanner Groves, who we both fell in love with you know, <laughs> from Eastern Washington, he made a graphic of the schools that called him, not even the schools that offered him, not the places yeah. he could go. He's like, North Carolina called to see if I was actually in the transfer portal, put him on the graphic. And, uh, <laughs> I love that. I thought that was the best move of the portal. Dude, so far, well, honestly. I mean, Tanner Groves probably wasn't much of a five star when he was coming out of high school. So, uh, you know, he, he, this is his opportunity to no, be he, wanted. And 
the the worst part of two four seven sports. If you look at the recruiting rankings, they have a transfer portal page, and it's it's based off all the guys in the portal, and it has their high school recruiting profile. So like, if you were a zero star, so it's kind of hard to find guys that you're looking for that are that aren't as like high profile names. Like if Moses Wright from Georgia Tech, for example, was in the transfer portal, he's obviously not, but it would be zero star recruit. So like, right. you know, a lot of so times it, you, you yeah. get confused as to like who's really available. Oh, Dude, <laughs> give it time. There's gonna be there's gonna be a service. Somebody's gonna do it where they hand out stars for guys who enter the portal. And now you're like a new like Tanner Groves is now a four star portal guy. Portal yeah. guy, four star portal guy, zero star high school guy. <laughs> and that's his new and Mac McClung, five star, five star portal. <laughs> yeah, but state five star. And then like it just becomes part of the vernacular. And you're like, yeah, we got two five star portals and one five star high school coming in next year. Yeah, so like yeah, that's pretty good yeah. for you know. <laughs> yeah. Dude, honestly. And, and you just say I, it as though it's not even, yeah, without even thinking about it. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was just looking at the other day, too. Like, there's some guys that are, like, uh, you know, stars from the tournament or stars from the late conference tournament season that are now, like, on the move and their value's never been higher. And I just can't imagine someone like a Tanner Groves going to Kentucky. You know what I mean? Because then I just yeah. think, like, that takes the whole allure of who you – but kind of like Matt Harms going to Kentucky was about as far as I could go and far-fetched in my mind of, like, who could go play at Kentucky. But, like, some of these guys are just too – it's too big of a stretch. And I and I almost don't want them to because I think it, it would hurt Tanner Groves' brand to go to Kentucky. That's where you're that, – and that, that argument is what people – are upset about with the transfer portal i think is or, or the 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 transfer era we're living in the the the, yeah. the you know what, whatever however you want to phrase what's going on in college basketball right now um because yeah like i said like the idea of like a steph curry going to kick i mean kellen grady's from davidson he's he yeah. was supposed to be steph curry ish steph curry light and now he's going to kentucky and like what if, what if steph goes on the run in 08 and that and, and goes to the lead eight almost beats kansas and then the and next goes year to kansas and then he goes to Kansas <laughs> next year. Yeah, is the story is fun, and I don't I don't know if it is or isn't. Like maybe it is. Like maybe that makes it fun. And you're like a guy like played him. It's like playing your playing your way into a contract sort of. Yeah. And now you're yeah. gonna play with the blue blood. I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's the point. Is like I get what you're saying, but um, it's also yeah. I mean, I, I get the point on both sides. I just do think it's gonna be funny if like let's just say in this world Steph Curry goes to Kansas. And then Bill Self's like, you're the, you're our backup point guard. Yeah, exactly. Well, to that point, to that point, I do think this is uh, again when you talk about like people butting heads about whether this is good or bad or or whatever. Um, I do feel for coaches who, uh, I mean, like if you're a college coach right now, and especially if you're a very high paid college coach, no one wants to hear a word you have to say about anything, and yeah. it makes sense. I mean, you're you're one of the guys that's making tons of money, and these kids, the, the the players aren't, and you get to jump around. Like you're you're just in a position where no matter what you say, no one's trying to hear that, and that sucks. I think for the sport because um, the, the the coaches do make good points sometimes. I mean, they're, like some of the, the 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 Matt Painter situation over the summer is the the best example we have with uh with Nojel Eastern, and he was upset about Nojel Eastern. He's like, I don't think that's what's best for the kid. I really, truly, in my heart of hearts, do not believe that this man transferring to a school that doesn't even realize he wants to transfer there <laughs> is what's best for the <laughs> is what's best for the kid. And I I do think that there's a sentiment out there from college coaches that this transfer epidemic, if you want to call it that, 
is is bad insofar as like guys are going to get left out that every kid enters the portal thinking i'm going to upgrade i'm going to uh you have you have situations like olivier sar who you know he's he's been told that once you go from wake forest to kentucky now you're going to be a first team all-american you're going to lead kentucky to the final four that didn't happen i don't know if like i i don't think olivier sar probably regrets his decision but uh you know that that's the that's the high profile case now take it down a notch or two you have a kid that goes from you know, uh, uh, you you do have a Tanner Groves that transfers to uh, Texas or North Carolina or whatever. Now he's like, he's coming off the bench and he's scratching his head and he's like, was this was this worth it? I don't know. Maybe it is. But like each yeah. individual kid. But but I do believe that there is like an overall sentiment that that uh, most of the kids that are transferring do believe that they are going to uh, not just upgrade their quality of life but upgrade their position on a basketball team, upgrade their draft stock, upgrade like all that kind of stuff. And that's just not true. Like the math says that's impossible. And <laughs> with that, I wish more people would be willing to like talk about that part of it, that like some of these kids are going to yeah. get left out. Some of them are going to, as you said, like end up on Kentucky and now you're, you're the 12th man and you suck and go sit at the end of the bench. Um, I don't know. Not everybody can be an All-American Tate. That's how, yeah, that, as it turns yeah. out. <laughs> and and it does seem like one of those things where, you know, I think Matt Painter said what he said because he actually cared about the person part of the the equation, which is the the whole portal and the moving, uh, you know, of players and transferring and all sort of stuff is fun as fodder, but also, like, the human side of this is wild to think that, like, there's no player program in place that's, like, I'm going to make sure that this is taken care of and, you know, this kid can transfer his credit. You know what I mean? It does seem like, it seems like kids are literally in their rooms at night and they're like, I got yelled at by a coach today. I'm, I'm going to put my name in the portal. There really does need to be like a, uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, like a player's union, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like a player's union, like a, uh, uh, an organization that like, the like yeah like a, a a guy like walker kessler can can call this this organization yeah. and be like yeah. i guess the organization is adidas or yeah i mean seriously it's nike yeah. or jordan yeah jordan, one of these brands yeah, yeah under Armour. Well, he just calls he's like hey i'm looking to transfer but i don't know if this is the right decision but also like i was a five star and i'm coming off the bench and i'm playing behind yeah. garrison brooks like what like help me out here and they're like, well, here's how we see it. Here's what we, you know, like some sort of neutral party that actually, and, and as I'm talking, as I'm hearing myself talk out loud, it is the shoe company's. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the shoe company's role. <laughs> yeah, it used to be Sonny Vaccaro's of the world. Yeah. Now it's just the shoe company straight up. And they're like, don't worry about the FBI. It'll be fine. We need like a South Park. We need a South Park where like the like the shoe is like the Wizard of Oz. Like the 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 Jumpman logo is like Wizard of Oz, and all these players like come come to the Wizard and they're like bowing down and they're like Mr. Jumpman. Yes, what do I do? What is my nickname? And he's like Slim Reaper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Wizard. No. (laughs) Why won't no one take that nickname? I kind of want to give it to Peyton Watson. Uh, I think I'm going to give him Slim Reaper. Um, I think it's a good nick. I mean, why would you not take that, Kevin Durant? I uh, oh, I man. don't know. Uh, but the transfer uh, portal in general, you mentioned Walker Kessler. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Walker Kessler, uh, he believes that character counts. Um, yep. He counted all the that character. Man. That's got to hurt Walker Kessler going. He he. Hold on. Here's the question to you. You have mm. to ask yourself. Because Brad, I want to I want to tie these together. Brad Davison is coming back for his fifth year. Yes. Um, when you look back on Roy Williams going down with the ship, who is the iceberg? Is it Walker mm. Kessler or is it Brad Davison scoring 29 points in the first round and giving Roy his first ever loss? 
I I do first think round. I do think that the actual iceberg, uh, you know, I think the visible iceberg was Walker Kessler. You know what I mean? Like I think that's yeah. what we saw above the surface. You know, it was like all Walker Kessler. Everyone's like that. That is that is it. That is the problem. This this knocked Roy out. I think underneath the surface, it was the transfer portal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that got him. He's like, I I cannot have John Calipari and Bruce Pearl actively recruiting Dayron Sharp and Walker Kessler on my bench. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I and I've spent my entire career creating this formula of like you play and you know you sit and you watch and then you play and then you get better your sophomore year and then your junior year you have a breakout year and then. Hopefully you win it that year, but if you don't, you win your senior year. And that formula is completely dead. It died in 2016 uh, with Chris Jenkins hitting that shot. And then it also, uh, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things where you look around and you say, Brad Davison just had 29 and six. Like Brad Davison wasn't the iceberg. He was, he was the ship snapping in half before he was the, (laughs) he was when they were doing the, they were doing the buoyancy test and they're like, is it too big? And it was like, kept kind of dipping down. They're like, I, I think it's That's fine. Good enough. You know, I think it's fine. We'll be Brad fine. Davison was the lack of lifeboats is what Brad Davison was. <laughs> You're like, I think we're going yeah. down. I need a lifeboat. And Brad Davison was like, not yeah. so fast, bitch. I mean, straight <laughs> we up. We don't have lifeboats. And, I, and I was no on the boats. door. I was on the door holding on. I thought I was safe. I was like, we're going to be fine. We're going to get out of here. <laughs> and Brad Davis, Brad Davison as Rose just let me go. <laughs> <laughs> went away. Went Walker away Kessler. to the abyss. Yeah. Walker Kessler. Yeah. Uh, uh, what a great metaphor. God, that was, that was beautiful. Uh, and then also okay. Walker. And then also uh, Garrison Brooks. I mean, the, the fact that Garrison Brooks transfers to Mississippi State and Ben Howland, I mean, that says something, too, about the fact that, like, this portal world is a brand play. Like, Garrison Brooks was the preseason ACC player of the year. He showed Well, he's why. just going to play for his dad, right? I mean, sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what's happening. I mean, that's that's the that's the brand play. He's going to play for his dad, but in reality, he's trying to be the guy and get mm-hmm. drafted. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's not going to happen this year. Obviously, based on his play at North Carolina, was not the the ACC Player of the Year, despite the media thinking he would be. And I think this year, if you're funny, if you're a media member in the SEC, you definitely vote him SEC Player of the Year, <laughs> preseason Player of the Year. I mean, I think that's the only move here. Um, I know I would if I were them, uh, but I think uh, Garrison and Walker, they both broke my heart in different ways. Uh, Garrison broke my heart because he did it after Walker left, which I'm like, if you're going to do this, just tell us in February. That yeah. this was the plan, uh, <laughs> and you know, because then I think everyone's a lot happier. And Walker Kessler, I mean, Bruce Pearl, when is it going to come? When is when is the FBI going to show up with the flowchart at this guy's house? Uh, I don't know, no, but I'm it's ready. It's not for happening. It. It's, I'm uh, ready for it. Character count. That's what the the interview was about. When he said character counts, I, I think I think the FBI was building a case, and then Until they watched that, that interview, and they're like, "We can't, we can't go after." They're this like, guy. "This guy loves character." Speaking of speaking of the FBI, did you see Andy Enfield uh, just dodge the the FBI bullet? Basically, like USC is is not really punished at all for, for what, like basically they 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 are not getting a postseason ban, which is kind of the marker of uh, it's it's so fascinating, like how all this is playing out. Is it not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sean Miller's fired. Andy Enfield is not. Bill Self gets a lifetime contract. Rick mm-hmm. Pitino is fired. Will Wade is just like 
trying to get people to like simultaneously not talk about him, but also talk about him. It feels like, like if you're Will Wade, you like want people to think you're a gangster. So like definitely talk about that part of it. Yeah. But like, he wants like the streets to talk about him, you know, yes, <laughs> he wants, yes, yes. He, he wants like, exactly. He wants, he, he he wants, wants the, but the people in charge, he does uh, not want them to talk. He wants them to forget what he has going on. Yeah. He wants the SB nation blogger that's doing LSU. That's like, you know, supposed to be young and hip being like, yeah, Will Wade, our coach is a gangster. Uh, yeah, you wish, yeah, you, you, coach, wish you had a coach yeah, like yeah. Will Wade, you know, he is American gangster. He does he not want Jay Billis. Yeah. Uh, opining about <laughs> Will Wade. He does not want that. That's no. what he doesn't want. <laughs> and, and, and the best part about Will Wade is like if if he gets opined by the, the old guard of sorts, then that's the best thing that could happen to him. It's what happened to Calipari, to be honest with you. I mean, Calipari was so hated because he ruffled so many feathers because he broke the code. And the code was Marcus Camby can never go to UMass. And he said, but what if I paid him to? But what if, yeah, but, but what if he does? What if he does, though? <laughs> and that, and that kind of like broke everything open. And now he's at a blue blood. You know what I mean? Like that, that to me, that, that's what Will Wade wishes he could be. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's, that's not who Rick Patino was. Like Rick Patino was not like, well, I'll just pay for him. Rick Patino's like, you know, you give me the horses and I'll win the race. You know, like John Calipari yeah. was like, I'm going to pick the horses. I'm going to breed the I'm, horses. And then I'm yes. going to hopefully win the race. Yes. And if I don't, who cares? Because I have the horses that you care about so much. Yes. You know what I mean? I, like, uh, who cares? Because at least you don't have the horses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> They're mine. <laughs> at least I got the horses, so. <laughs> who cares a dude? And John um, Cheney's like, I'm going to fight you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God Coach Cheney was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Miller fired. Can, can we talk about yeah, that a little bit? Yeah, this is probably uh, like a good, like final, like hodgepodge, like big picture note. Right. Because yeah. this involved a lot of players like in, in, it our, did. in our universe, like first Sean Miller, we have to RIP pour one out for wild bags and all the Arizona fans. Very so. strange timing. Right. Like I, cause yeah. so I, I don't want to, uh, my, my promise to the American people is, uh, I, I will not rush to judgment. I will not, uh, about like coaching hires and like, was this a home run for you, Tate? Was this a home run hire? Was this, oh, I don't know. I think this is a big swing and a miss. I think, you know, like, I think that's yeah. stupid. I think, uh, um, if we haven't learned our lesson by now, maybe we should start paying more attention that like, especially as, as college basketball begins to, or continues to evolve and change that there is no obvious home run hire anymore. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really feel like, and, and I mean, we're seeing that like, Think about Carolina hired a new coach, Indiana hired a new coach, Arizona hired a new coach. All of them were uh, not only not head coaches, like like they, they not only had not been head coaches at college, they had never they're not head coaches at all. Like from their job, they were all three assistants mm -hmm. on the benches they were on, um, and that that in and of itself seems crazy that those three schools would would uh, you know like uh, schools of that that caliber. But that's that's kind of where I mean that's weird that we're trending. It seems like. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't I, I, I don't want to, to do that with uh uh my commentary on, on all this stuff. Uh but at the same time it did feel like Arizona was a little like like why fire him now? Like that was my initial reaction to this was like I don't disagree with it. I feel like Arizona fans seem to be on the fence about whether Sean should have been fired. Like I, I don't think I don't think they seem to hate him as much as you might think assume. given that he yeah. never like from the outside you might assume that like given all the heat he put on the program and given that he never made a final four that Arizona fans were like get this guy the hell out of here by now uh but I don't think that was necessarily the case I think they were like kind of 
like I don't know, we got a good thing going here. We're like nationally relevant. We have good players that are coming in every year. Like yeah. sooner or later, we're gonna get over the hump and make the final four. And um, but so the timing was weird to me. Like if you don't fire him when when the FBI stuff breaks initially, if you don't fire him as it starts to, you know, if you don't fire him with the DeAndre Ayton wiretap that definitely exists, release the tapes. Uh, mm. Then I, why why hold on to him? Why why even if you're gonna fire him this year, why wait as late as they? It's not super late, but it was still like I mean, Arizona wasn't going to the tournament this year. The second the Pac-12 season ends, the second you know the regular season's over, just fire him then. Like I don't, I never really understood that to be yeah, honest with you. It, it didn't make much sense. I saw a lot of Arizona people were upset more with the administration for all of it. I think that there was one uh, report I saw in the, I can't remember the newspaper, but it was you know the Arizona Star, whatever it was, that was basically. Uh, intimating that Arizona's administration was obviously done with Sean Miller. They they wanted to move on and that they were, you know, he had one year left on his contract, which they could have just let him, you know, play out his last year. But they were worried that the team was going to be, quote unquote, good enough to make it so that they had to re him up. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> we're that. worried we're going to win an extra. We're, we're worried we're going to yeah, go to Final Four. Yeah, exactly. We're worried that we're going to have a Mick Cronin like run. And then, you know, our fans say, what do you mean you're not going to re sign Sean Miller and just let him leave? So, if anything, I think it was a leverage point, and uh, Sean Miller decided to to now try to find a job in the NBA, which is even shocking to to say out loud. When I heard that, I was like, really? Sean Miller's going to try to make the bump up to the NBA? That's a Kelvin Sampson move, dude. You got the heat on you from the NCAA. You get exactly. the hell out of town. You go, go sit to the NBA, out, and then you serve your you, time by yeah. by coaching in the, in the NBA and then come back and, yeah. Imagine being a coach in the NBA and they're like, yeah, you got to go work over there with Sean Miller. Uh, I mean, imagine being a, being a player in the NBA and Sean Miller having to be your one-on-one uh, workout. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one better. Imagine being a coach in the mountain West in the year 2026 when Sean Miller's hired at UNLV. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh no. <laughs> I mean, Sean Miller at UNLV would be a great hire. Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I think in general, like, you know, the Arizona job, there was a lot of, uh, you know, there there was no conversation. I was I was gonna say it was a lot of nothing, but I mean, there wasn't anything. I mean, I felt like you know Tommy Lloyd comes from Gonzaga. I think that that's a pretty solid hire. I've only heard good things about him. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, what do we really know about Tommy Lloyd as the head coach? The only thing we saw in the press conference was he and Mark Few talked about how they looked up to Lute Olson. Great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you and I probably looked at the Lute Olson. So I don't know what that says, uh, you know, moving well, forward with him as a head coach. But I do think we've seen him be successful at Gonzaga. So that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's the he's the international recruiter for Gonzaga. He's the guy yeah. that, that has, uh, you know, is, is Rui for, for getting yeah. all the, the big names to, to come Sabonis. to Gonzaga that have, that have come uh, in, in recent years. Um what about this idea? Because I, I I have seen a lot uh, a lot of the discussion from Tucson seems to be about the the, the idea of keeping it in the family and two programs that were very closely um, tied to in various ways. Like you obviously went to North Carolina. I I grew up in Indiana, and my dad was uh, an IU guy and brother IU guy. All that all that as people know. Um, they IU just hired Mike Woodson, a former player. Carolina just hired Hubert Davis, a former player. Um, Arizona, there's like a, uh, the former players of Arizona, we'll say, like I saw Richard Jefferson put out a statement. Gilbert arena seems to not be super thrilled with, with, uh, Tommy Lloyd. How much (laughs) do you think that matters Tate? as, as someone who went through it, as you were like kind of weighing who North Carolina was going to hire, because I think people from the outside, 
this is also becoming a growing thing. It's it's always sort of been a thing in a lot of programs where it's like a, a coaching vacancy comes up and you want you want preferential treatment to be shown to guys who played there, coach that have ties to the school. But man, it, it really does feel like a recent uh, thing where it's like you must. It feels like a must. You must keep it within the family. And uh, you know, people that aren't necessarily tied to that particular family, if you're if you're from say if you're like a a Syracuse fan and you're seeing Arizona hiring a coach, you're like, I don't get it. Why why should they have to like why would you not just hire the best guy? I don't get why it's that big of a deal. Um, but it's also it's like that's not your family, so it's easy for you to say. So wh- how do you feel about this whole like trend, this idea that you should always all things equal, always keep it in the family. I think that there's the nuclear family, which is what we're actually talking about at schools like North Carolina and Indiana and Arizona to a certain extent. But then I think that there's the extended family. And as you and I both know, the extended family, I mean, in every family, I believe, can be a little bit off the beaten path at times, can, you know, go and beat to their own drum. And I think with Arizona and a guy like Gilbert Arenas, that's extended family. You know, a guy like Jerry Stackhouse with North Carolina, that's extended family. Rasheed Wallace is extended family. They're not nuclear family. And I think like a Hubert Davis, a Mike Woodson, that's nuclear family. That's a guy, Mike Woodson, who's standing next to Bob Knight when he comes back to IU for the first time and is holding his arm and and, and walking out there with him and facing, you know, Assembly Hall with him, with his coach. Hubert Davis is the nephew of Walter Davis, who was one of Dean Smith's closest players and closest confidants uh, during his time there and has grown up around the program. So, like, if Arizona had that type of player or that type of coach – that could be, you know, a, a nuclear Lute Olson type coach. Then yes, if Steve Kerr was hanging around Tucson and says, "I want to, I want to do this. I, I want to be what Coach Olson, you know, expects this program to be." Then yes, a hundred percent, you take the family higher. But I think when you get into trouble is when you're trying to force feed a family higher. Like if North Carolina, if Hubert Davis wasn't there, and then they were trying to you know, force yeah. feed a situation or same with, with IU and, and it didn't work. And we're trying to make key smart, the head coach. Th- then we say, yes. all right, what are we, what are we doing here? You know what right. I mean? This, this is not family. This is getting ridiculous. And I think that's the difference. I, I hope that Arizona at least looked at the family, looked at guys, you know, like a Jason. Terry that seems or, to be, that seems to be Richard Jefferson's complaint was that they, there they, was no, it, look. Was, it was a token look. It was like okay. they were, they were negotiating the contract with Tommy Lloyd as they were talking to Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was clear that, they, that Stoudemire never had a prayer. And it does seem like Stoudemire and Stackhouse kind of had the same treatment, to be quite honest with you. North Carolina, they interviewed Stackhouse, but it was more of a nominal interview because Hubert Davis was going to be the head coach, but, you know, all intents yeah. and purposes. So I do – I understand that kind of backlash, which is that's like – That's, the, that's yeah. the backlash. It's like to, the moment the job – the moment Sean Miller's fired, everyone says Tommy, it's Tommy Lloyd's job. Like for whatever yeah. reason, like Tommy Lloyd has been – uh, circled by by you know like like it, that 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 was how everyone connected the dots from the gate, and then for Tommy Lloyd to end up getting the job and there's like this little break in between of uh, as they were trying to figure it out and apparently like Musselman was a candidate that they were reaching out to and then Musselman used that as leverage he got the bag shout out he did Musk the Rick Bus. Barnes yeah shout out Must Bus getting the bag from uh and then having the 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 wherewithal the balls the whatever you want to call it Tate to put a clause in his contract that he can leave uh, with no buyout if he only if and only if he goes to the University of San Diego as alma mater. How awesome is that? Mm. That that's our guy. That's our guy, Muscleman. Yeah. So 
Genius. And, and to be honest with you, like we expect Musselman. I mean, as he told us on our show, we expect him at some point to go back to San Diego. We don't know how. We don't know yeah. why. We hope it's a it's by his own accord. Um, of course, that's all. That's all we can move the Clippers back to San Diego. Let yeah. Musselman coach him. I mean, seriously, there if the is. Clippers did move back to uh, San Diego, I think Kawhi would stay. <laughs> <laughs> that's my hodgepodge thought. Uh. But that, that that seems to be the frustration with the Arizona hire was that they they started with you know there's an eighty whatever percent chance you're gonna go with Tommy Lloyd, and then you end with Tommy Lloyd, and it's like why didn't you just hire Tommy Lloyd out of the gate? And yeah. uh, I don't know, I I, well, I don't think. I mean, is Jason Terry gonna be on his staff? I mean, that's the other part when you bring in someone yeah, from the outside, which is why I didn't want Mark Few to come to Carolina, even though it sounded good. And at one time I was like, maybe I do. <laughs> Uh, you don't yeah, want. Hold on, can I pump the brakes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is not true at all. <laughs> that is the most bullshit you. <laughs> you didn't want Mark. No, I didn't want him. I. Uh, you wanted I Mark Few the all the way up until <laughs> the the national championship tipped off, and Mark Few was getting ran out of the gym, and yeah. you're like, I don't want this guy anyway. Yeah, I don't. Like, want, thank I don't God want, we're not hiring Mark like, Few. My God. Uh, yeah, but uh, in general. When you have like those situations where it's like you bring in a guy from the outside, will he keep the the family close? Will he have guys like you know you know Jason Terry around, Miles Simon to get you know Gilbert Arenas maybe comes to a game like that's what you have to do if you're Tommy Lloyd to try to win some some favor with these guys. Maybe not Gilbert Arenas, maybe you know Richard Jefferson, but um, I uh, yeah, that's what matters. I, I, I want to. It's hard. It's hard too when you've already ostracized those guys. To be honest with you, you got to work them back. You that's what I was going to say. It it's uh it is it, it that stuff matters, and I think uh, it's easy to. I guess that's the point I'll make about like the whole idea of keeping it in the family. There's a reason you do that because at at this level of college basketball, at at the level of North Carolina and Indiana and Arizona, whether they're blue bloods or not, whatever you want to call them, it's it's obviously like an upper echelon level of Division One basketball. Uh, the coach is not just the basketball coach. We know this. You have to be a politician. You have to be a representative of the university and the state and all this stuff. And part of that is you have to massage the relationships with the former players because if there is a fracture in the family, I mean, that that is the number one problem that Indiana had. That's why Indiana kept in the family more. That, that, that's why it was so important to them to keep it in the family. They, they did the Bragg Stevens swing and miss. And then when that happened, they, they turned to Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson was their second choice because it was so important to, to keep – uh, the, the last 20 years of Indiana basketball has been fractured, but the, the family has been fractured and, and, and that you, you felt that in, within the program. So Arizona deciding to, to, you know, if, if you're someone on the outside wondering how much should that even matter? How much should that go into it? Uh, I, I think these, these things are important. Like Tommy Lloyd can't just take over that Arizona and shrug his shoulders and be like, listen, if Gilbert Arenas and Richard Jefferson don't like me, they can kiss my ass. Like, you can't do that. You have to like appease them. That's part of the job. You know what I mean? The, the, the practice yeah. gym is called the Richard Jefferson practice gym like that's yeah. the gym you're going into every day is his it has his name on it um and that is part of the job is politicking and i think like when you're making these hires and talking about keeping it in the family and whatever uh that's the kind of stuff that that you have to take into consider like you know like that that's why we we, we mention this stuff it's not just like wouldn't it be cool if a guy yeah, who, yeah. who you know it's not just that it's like the the politicking that goes into it so it, no, and it's all politics. I mean, that's what college basketball, unfortunately, has turned into. So much so that the FBI had to get involved at mm-hmm. uh, a crucial juncture in 2018. And I think, you know, if you're Arizona, if you're an Arizona fan, 
you know, obviously we're not going to sit here and say, Tommy, you know, the, the, we know this is going to be a home run. We know this is going to be a W. You guys are going to, to bring back the days of Lute Olsen. But I will say it is probably nice and it's probably good for Arizona to wash your hands clean of the Sean Miller situation because it was going nowhere fast. Um, I do think, you know, the, the best of the times probably have already been there with Derek Williams and obviously having a guy like DeAndre Aiden go number one. I mean, Stanley Johnson, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, you, you've had your time in the sun. TJ McConnell. Had, you had Nico nation the last time Nico nation, basketball. you know, Nick what I mean? Johnson. Yeah. yeah. You you've done it. You've seen it. Let it go. Be thankful for what you have with Sean Miller. And if, you know, Dr. Seuss wasn't canceled, I would say don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. <laughs> uh, you know, and I think that's what Arizona fans should do with Sean Miller because we're we're smiling for all the good times. And thank you, Coach Miller, uh, oh, for letting us have fun because we needed you as the, as the face of being a bag man. You were a great bag man, sir. You were great for content. Live look at Sean Miller. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a run it sucks it 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 really does uh it it sucks that it happened when it did just because uh in terms of the content cycle like i really wanted the i really wanted the mid-season firing of sean miller i really wanted but it almost was it almost was fitting because i don't think sean miller had the fire to be fired at that point you know what i mean like i think sean miller he he was ready to go as well you know what i mean he had done he had fought his fight he did not let you know leave on terms with the fbi um, so it wasn't that bad. He can get another job in the future. Uh, I think, I think it'll all be, you know, a win for everybody, but I will say it was a major L in the off season for the Millers, uh, not Wes Miller, uh, who's going yeah, to West Miller. But, How about that? Yeah, that was a, that was a huge win. And I think if you're a Carolina fan, uh, you feel better about, you know, things at North Carolina, knowing that you got a young, one of the best young coaches out in basketball that loves your school that interviewed for your job. And, uh, you know, if Brady Manick ends up being our starting power forward for the next three years, we know Wes Miller is going to be getting it done in Cincinnati. So, uh, zero on the scale is don't care. It completely irrelevant. What you're saying has no mm. basis in reality whatsoever. A hundred is everything you're saying is absolutely truth. And, uh, <laughs> the, the, you've never spoken a more true statement in your life, Titus, how are our North Carolina fans as a whole? going to be locked in on the University of Cincinnati basketball for the next five years because in the back of your mind, you're wondering if the Hubert Davis era will work. And if it does not, you, you need to know how good Wes Miller is doing at at Cincinnati. Give me a scale of zero to a hundred where, where you fall on that. I mean, yeah, for me personally, I am, as you know, heavily interested in uh, Wes Miller's basketball career. I will be probably at a scale. I will probably say I'm around 69%. Uh, Very good. Scale. There it is. Around, right there around there. Uh, that's, that's right. Where I was I'll curious. Fall. I was curious how you're going to politic, by the way. How yeah, you're going I mean, to, it, like, it's, it's, how yeah, do I, how I, do I support I, Hubert, but also yeah. Wes at the how, same do I, time? how do I also say it's a brand play? Uh, if they ask. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. Coach Davis, I do believe in, I, um, I, I got like, this is a, something a Duke fan sent me earlier, so I'll give you this because I'm sure the people at home will be excited. Uh, Duke fan texted me earlier, I wanted North Carolina to get worse. And, you know, and I was like, haha, of course. And he was like, but I could have never asked for them to keep the same staff and replace Roy Williams with Jeff Lebo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that one killed me. 
that one killed me deep down. And uh, so I'll give I'll give that. I would fan, be, yeah. yeah, I'll give. I that guess, guy I guess you got to get your shots in while you can if you're a Duke fan. But man, I'd be very careful the bet I made if I was a Duke fan right now. Yeah, like, staring I, down the barrel of a seventy. How old is he now? Your yeah, old coach, seventy-four that, years old, with, and they with talk zero like, succession plan. They, like they I would be very careful. Like he's Wes Miller. That, that's how Duke yeah, fans yeah. talk. Like he's like the young hot head coaching back. I would be very careful with the bet I'm making about the uh, the the. The fallout of Roy stepping down because uh, uh, yeah, you're going to be right in those shoes there a little bit. I will, I will say this entire season, the Coach K successor power rankings have never been more important. Uh, and Nolan Smith got the bump up to assistant coach. Uh, so I he's now yep. officially in the race. Uh, Sean May got bumped up to assistant coach. The two former national champion players got bumped up at Duke and Carolina today. So that was pretty fun. Um, I saw no one talk about Sean May. I saw everyone talk about Nolan Smith being a blackhead coach that got bumped up. I wonder why. Uh, thank you, Media Machine, uh, for not mentioning Sean May. Um, Sean May but, has. What are they supposed to? Do? What's the, what's the headline? Sean May has a job that he already had. No, he wasn't an assistant <laughs> coach. Now he's oh. a, now he's an assistant coach. You know, that, oh, I, okay. I I I, uh, I didn't right. know that was such a big thing. By the way, that like jumping from basketball ops to. Uh, coach is a huge leap and the reason why is because you go from scheduling to basically like actually coaching basketball again right so that is right that's the big leap that we all want to make in our lives so congrats to Sean May congrats to Nolan Smith uh you don't have to book any more hotels no more flights <laughs> like what? that's a W that's a W for everybody that is a W uh I, I think we hit it all I don't know what else what else there is to touch on I mean that uh, those are my Brad, hot we didn't really we didn't really offer Brad Davison things but what else is there to to say about Brad Davison he's back Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels are back that is yeah. that is actually awesome and huge news and Villanova is going to be very good if not the best team in the country next I, year I was going to say Villanova is one of those teams where you hear that news and you say immediately mark them top five for next year so just circle that Villanova is going to be important they're going to matter that's, so that's really way cool. too early top Three and a half for me. Uh, UCLA, Villanova. Um, wait, as it turns out, way too early top two. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I, I will say I heard some very encouraging news about Johnny Juzang, by the way, coming back to UCLA. So I, uh, I am knocking on wood as I say that, but I, I, would, love, I would love for that to happen. Uh? It's, I'm scared uh? of the I'm scared of the honeymoon period, right? Where we're like just off the tournament. They're going to Mick Cronin's house. They're having the pool party. But fingers crossed. Come well, back, I Johnny. Mean, Mick Mick Cronin. Yeah, this is this is the recruiting pitch Mick Cronin's doing. I mean, this is also this is the fun part about college basketball. Is like a co- coach will complain about recruiting, and you have no idea what he's talking about. Are you recruiting your players just to, Mike Woodson recruiting Trace Jackson Davis to come back to Indiana. Yeah. Mick yeah. Cronin recruiting Johnny Juzang to come back to UCLA. Um. Are you recruiting transfers? Are you recruiting high school? Who knows? Who knows? That's that's what that's. It, it, I think that's like each guy on staff. That's their that's their job now. You have three assistants. One does high school guys. One does transfer portals. One does. I think you one have does to make a, keep I, our I, own guys. I do think here. it has to be like a choice. Like it's like a culture of our school. It's like we are a transfer school. We are a like five star like you know high school kids school. You know, like you got to make a decision, and uh, I don't know if North Carolina has made their choice yet. It seems like they're going to play in the transfer portal, but they don't know what it's going to look like. Duke is going to play in the transfer portal, doesn't know what it's going to look like. Kansas knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. Kansas is uh, is already out there in the portal. Guys like Must Bus are dominating the portal or will dominate the portal. So um, yeah, it's a new world in college basketball. I'm 
I guess I'm excited, but I'm also happy to be here in the off season. So I'm very excited about that. That's all I'm I excited. Say. I'm excited about the off season. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm hitting the beach this weekend. I'm going nice. sailing. I'm uh going whale watching. I'm doing it all, Tate. Yes. The off season is here. Yes. I uh I I I am so excited. So uh anyway, but the show goes on. We're gonna continue put pumping out shows, talking about God knows what. I'm excited to uh shift into NBA mode because uh, boy. You know how much I love the NBA. Yeah, you do love the NBA. Everybody knows that. If you've been listening to the show, everybody knows that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very excited. We're going to be in the studio once a week uh, in the offseason for a little while at Fox. So you'll only be able to watch us on YouTube once a week. But otherwise, the podcast is still twice a week. So Titus and I will be putting out shows. And we'll be back next week. See you guys.